You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. At least two people reported dead, some 70 others injured in a train crash overnight near Columbia, South Carolina. Harrison Cahill is a spokesman for Lexington County. There was a train collision and derailment near Charleston Highway and Pine Ridge Drive uh, between a freight train and a passenger train. When we arrived on scene, uh, we began assisting passengers off of that train. At this time, there are no passengers on the train. It's very important to put that out. Amtrak says the train was operating from New York to Miami when the crash happened. Amtrak said there were eight crew members and about 139 passengers on board at the time and that the lead engine and a few passenger cars derailed. Cahill says injuries range from scratches to broken bones. Spanish authorities say a number of bodies of migrants have been discovered in Mediterranean waters off of Spanish territory in North Africa. Lauren Freyer reports from Madrid they're believed to have drowned when their boats sank en route to European territory. Spanish and Moroccan rescuers are pulling bodies from waters around Melilla, Spanish territory that borders Morocco in North Africa. If migrants can land on Melilla's shores, they're in the European Union and can take a ferry across the Mediterranean Sea to the mainland. A nonprofit says 47 migrants, mostly from sub-Saharan Africa, set off for Melilla in recent days. No survivors have been found. Their rubber boats are believed to have sank in rough seas. Passengers on a nearby ferry first spotted the bodies floating and alerted Spain's maritime service. 
This is the deadliest mass drowning of migrants heading to Spain in years. For NPR News, I'm Lauren Freyer in Madrid. Italy's interior minister says the uh, suspected gunman in this weekend's drive-by shootings that left six African immigrants injured had an extreme right background with both neo-Nazi and neo-fascist ties. Police have identified the suspect as a 28-year-old, saying he had an Italian flag draped across his shoulders when he was arrested. Witnesses say he made a fascist salute before being handcuffed. China is accusing the U.S. of exaggerating Beijing's nuclear strength following a decision by Washington to upgrade its atomic arsenal. The Chinese defense ministry says the U.S. has engaged in presumptuous speculation. The BBC's Stephen McDonald reports. In an official statement posted on its website, the ministry called on Washington to abandon what it's described as America's Cold War mentality. The response follows the publishing of a document in Washington last Friday outlining plans for an increased low-yield nuclear capability. In it, policymakers said this would deter Russia from using its own nuclear weapons. But China's defense ministry has argued that peace and development are irreversible global trends, saying that the U.S. should follow this path. The BBC's Stephen McDonald reporting Russia and Iran also condemning the plan. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. Less than one year has passed since I first stood at this podium. I call upon all of us to set aside our differences, to seek out common ground, and to summon the unity we need to deliver for the people. The stock market has smashed one record after another, gaining $8 trillion and more in value in just this short period of time. This, in fact, is our new American moment. There has never been a better time to start living the American dream. We have eliminated more regulations in our first year than any administration in the history our country. Ron, I want to first get your reaction from the people that you've talked to at the Bureau. What are they saying? Lorena, they're uh, very concerned about this, uh, this current uh, engagement, uh, the, the dialogue that's going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, I think there are, you know, their concerns are legitimate. Um, you know, we've heard now from Ch- Chairman Nunez, essentially one side, uh, the notion that this is uh, giving us as citizens um, transparency into the process is ridiculous. Uh, you cannot distill the FBI's work that probably is a you know very thick uh, investigation down to three and a half pages that some are saying is cherry picked. I'm going to have to assume that is true until we hear fully what the other side has to say. Here is Donald Trump uh, citing another statistic that he's very, very proud about. This one I'm very proud about. I'm so proud about this because remember when I said, what have you got to lose? Well, it turns out it was even better than that. I'm very proud of African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. 
think we need to fact check that guy. I, I just need to look at their faces to know well, he's lying. Well, rise, he, He's not rise. lying about him being responsible for it. Well, I think what I think I think what he's lying about is that he's proud about it. Or maybe, or maybe they're what they're really the issue is is that he has no reason to be proud about it because it has nothing to do with anything he's done. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ral Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is February 4th, 2018, Black History Month, and uh, also it's Super Sunday. Welcome into the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio. At its best, like the man said, my name is Jay Ryle. Of course, I'm never here by myself. I share the stage with some very capable and people that you are very familiar with. Let me bring them in. First of all, the man who actually gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. Elias. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this fine Sunday super morning? Hey, man, I'm doing outstanding. Getting ready for a Super Bowl party and, uh, you know, watch the game and have some fun with friends. But first, first things first, you have to handle a little business, brothers. How about you? How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday? Uh, well, it's it's, uh, it's a beautiful Sunday here. It's snow. Hawks out, snow's on the ground. Folks stayed in the party down. You know how that goes. <laughs> okay. All right. Good stuff, Mr. Elias. Uh, quoting the philosopher, uh, one Curtis Blow. Uh, there that you would go. Be correct, Curtis Trap. Absolutely. Dr. Princess Odilia will not be here this morning. I'm going to read a heartfelt message from her, which is related to her uh, absence this morning. I'll read that a little later in Chatterbox. And our uh, the resident texter, the one and only Johnny D, will be here this morning because his daughter is being baptized. Congratulations to him and his family. He's a very religious man. I'm very proud of where he's come and where he is to this day. And, of course, our man, the smartest man in the world, the one and only Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net, usually joins us after his uh, commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, you guys are in the hands of two capable brothers. The number is 347 A5012720. A lot to get into this morning. As I mentioned at the top, it's Black History Month. We'll definitely uh, take the time out to acknowledge some accomplishments from great African Americans, both past and present. But we also have to deal with the world in which we live. And uh, a lot has happened in the past seven days, and it looks like we're Trump TV. So don't call us Trump TV. We, we are anti-Trump TV. We are here to bring you the realness to what the nonsense that's put out publicly with this guy. Uh, so let me give you a rundown of what's going on this morning. This morning we'll talk about the State of the Union, if you saw it. Uh, my God, was that a fiction situation, a nonfiction? <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk about that uh, coming up here real soon. And, of course, uh, the GOP, they exposed the memo. I mean, what the hell is going on? We'll have a conversation about that in last, but certainly not least, since he wants to talk about black unemployment. We're going to really talk about black unemployment. And our question is, it's down to a record low, but who's to blame? Or who should we give credit to? I guess that's the most, most appropriate thing to say. I think we all know uh, who gets the, the uh, credit for what's going on with unemployment being as low as it is on the African-American side. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's not. It's still dangerously high compared to our white counterparts. Once again, the number is 347 This past week, this past Tuesday, Donald Trump, de- Donald Trump delivered his first 
State of the Union uh, address as president, and uh, he said a lot, Mr. Elias. First of all, let me just get your opinion on the speech itself. What did you think? I did not watch it. I just watched uh, MSNBC afterwards. I I refused to watch it, uh, you know, just because I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to hear all the lies, I, you know, and it was filled with lies. For somebody to sit there and say what he has done and how he's passed the biggest tax break in history, no, it wasn't. It was eight. It was, it was number eight on the bill. I mean, this guy just cannot help himself from lying, man. He cannot stop. I don't. I don't think there's a day that he's got. He's gonna say, you know, to tell the to, to tell the truth about anything. This guy's a complete liar. I mean, the the whole they they fact. This is the first time I've ever seen people after State of the Union address fact check, fact check, fact check, fact check, and he and he's and he's <laughs> he's, he's lied on so many levels. It's unreal. He has lied on so many levels. It's unreal. Even even the thing well, about sure. the uh, the immigrants. Go ahead. He lied about that. Right. Uh, how how they get over here? Well, he said that how they get over here and they they, they don't they they're not vetted. They just they get they can they they can get they can bring as many people over as they want to. That's a lie. Did he say Every, that, or did he make the or did he make the insinuation that that was the case when he talked about chain yeah. migration? I mean, did yeah, he say that, migration. or did he make that? Okay. Yeah. All right. That they, they, you know, they can bring over many people as they want. You know. Yes, he said that. You know, unless I missed it on MSNBC, but that's what he said. You know, could have swore he said it oh, on MSNBC. Be right about that. Well, you know, no, I felt but, it was so long and boring. I fell asleep doing parts of it. I tried to watch it. I know people said, well, you know what? The protest, Mr. Elias, was people should say, were saying, look, don't watch it live because then he gets the numbers that he wants. So, right. you know, watch it, uh, you know, either on online or something like that where you really can't adjust or quantify, quantify the numbers, so to speak. So I guess, you know, but I had to yeah. watch it live. I didn't want to go through all that, I, you know, because of what we do. I wanted to make sure that I was in tune. And, you know, I'll tell you something. About an hour into it, man, I was snoozing. And uh, someone woke me up. I'm like, oh, he's still talking. You know, it was crazy. So let's bring in. Oh, matter of fact, look, we're, 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 hmm? we got 8 million viewers less than, than, than President Obama, so I know that sticks in his crowd. I know it. Oh does. well, but you know, not not according to him because he said it was the most viewed uh, uh, first time nope. Uh, nope. Uh, State of the Union address in presidential history. No, nope. that's another yeah. lie. President Obama had eight more eight more million than he did. So, matter of fact, he can't. Even Clinton's uh, Clinton's uh, State of the Union address had more viewers. I mean, this guy is just a, a pathological liar. Let's bring in uh, one of the uh, absolute best, a member of our, of our family. You know, she can just come when she wants to. One of the best radio voices in the world. It's more to this lady than this, but uh, I just want to bring her in. Let's bring in the very lovely Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you doing? Good morning, Kathleen. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? Great. Oh, man. Great. Totally blessed I'm now. Blessed. I mean, just, just you, the, the smooth pipes <laughs> of uh, of Kathleen Williams and the knowledge behind those pipes, man, that is a what I call just a hell of a combination. She's here this morning with us. Thank goodness, thank God. Love to get your opinion on what you heard on Tuesday night, Kathleen. Well, I'm glad to be there. And uh, I, I don't even need to say why. I just didn't. Uh, but what I did, 
What I did want to say was with regards to, um, I, uh, oh, yes, to a nod for Mr. Elias, because, yes, that was what he said about the uh, immigration and, and uh, immigrants being able to bring as many generations as they wanted, you know, to make it look like there was no discretion. But also, um, with regards to African-American unemployment, um, I believe it was this administration, but you can fact-check me on that. But they, uh, the, the, the way they check unemployment is by looking at the unemployment role, right? So if you've been unemployed right, yeah. for longer right, yeah. than six months, you fall off the unemployment role. And, <clears> the way you, right. the, and what's happening is that they will not be able to get an accurate account of how many African-Americans are truly unemployed if they've been unemployed more than six months. So uh, if you if you if you get if you hit the street and ask people how they're doing financially and with regards to having jobs, finding jobs and all of that, it's not reflected in the unemployment rolls. And I think we still have a really serious problem. Yeah, you, you're I, absolutely correct about that. Matter of fact, uh, yeah, we're definitely talking about black unemployment in the third segment, but you're right about what you were saying. And, you know, the GOP, Mr. Elias, we used to talk about this when President Obama was in office. You know, they would always throw that out there saying, yeah, the unemployment number is low, but, you know, they threw all these factors in, and it was like, okay, bottom line is it's not really a true reflection of what the unemployment numbers were. But, you know, as far as some of the lies that this guy told during the State of the Union, I mean, he talked about that. He talked about immigration. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kathleen. You trying to get back in? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just wanted to throw this one more thing in, though. But under President Obama, the, um, he, he did address it still because he increased the amount of time you could be on unemployment to 18 months. That's true. I forgot I about that. You're right about that. Yeah. No, no. I mean, you're right. right. I forgot all about that. You're absolutely correct about that. Yeah. He did, he did address the issues of, um, uh, you know, for people who were unemployed and, and having been unemployed for so long, and that's why he increased it. It was why I said you right. can fact check me on when they went back to six months because now it's only six. <laughs> yeah, to go back and check that out. We may have to check that out during the break. Let's bring in uh, another one of our alums, one of our voices, one of our families, uh, the very lovely Jackie from uh, from her show and from the Jay Rouse show as well. Let's bring her in, Mr. Elias. Good morning, Jackie. Welcome into the serious side. Uh, and what is your comments or what do you like to say about what you heard on Tuesday night coming from your president uh, during his first State of the Union address? Hello, everyone. First of all, hello, everyone. How are you doing? Doing outstanding, doing good, doing good. Yeah, uh, I managed to uh, fast forward through what I could stomach. <laughs> I, I mean, that was the best I could do because I can sit there for an hour live and listen to a bunch of lies. I, I mean, I needed the power of the fast forward button to work in my favor. <laughs> so you watched it. <laughs> okay, I just understood me, what you were saying. You any, watched it. Anything that <laughs> I, I can tell you is anything that he's trying to say that he did, what he's done, I feel he's still riding on President Obama's coattails. Yeah. 
Okay, that's most definite. Any, anything most definite. that could be possibly good still is because still of the efforts of President Obama. I mean, to me, he hasn't done nothing in this first year. Mm. And he can truly say that he did, but cause havoc and recklessness. He did sign a bunch of executive orders. He did do that. But here's the deal. Yeah, and, you that, know, that's that great. caused havoc and recklessness. Yeah, he's right. Okay, that's great and all. But that's great and all. But, but, but listen, guys, and this is the thing that, that, that I think this is a moment that Democrats need to jump on. The bottom line is is that he's doing all this. And the latest Rasmussen poll have this guy at 49%. Now, let's keep in mind that that poll is usually conservative-leaning. And at this same point in his presidency, you know, President Obama was at a 50% uh, approval rating in that poll. But the bottom line is, apparently there's something that's telling these guys to continue to go down this path. Because look at all the Republicans who are just jumping off the building for this guy. You know, Paul Ryan has got to be the weakest Freaking speaker of the house in this nation's history. He he looks like freaking okie dokie. First of all, uh, fuddy duddy, whoever the hell, big eared. I mean, it's, he, he every time I see this guy, he just irks me because he has this dopey look on his face and he's weak. He has no spine whatsoever. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree, the guy that brings you on a weekly basis, on a need to know basis, and of course he's the man over there at ExpreeRadio.net. Good morning. Mr. Jerome, Mr. Esprit, what's happening with you? Your thoughts on the State of the Union address that you probably didn't watch on Tuesday? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> uh, well, I, it's a trend going on. I, I guess I'm the only one that watched it live. I guess, my God. It, it, you know, it makes no sense to watch stuff like that when, um, you know, if you've watched any of his speeches, he has a he has a bad tendency, well, not just a tendency to lie. He's not very good yeah. at delivering a message anyway, and he's praying yeah. to a certain crowd. And I think that some of us are kind of at fault for even um, listening or paying attention to somebody who you know is lying to you. So hmm. I just kind of look at it like this. I can wait till after he gives a speech and then, you know, find out all the lies that he told in it. But in real time, it doesn't do me any good to even listen to nonsense. And nobody should do that. Nobody should listen to somebody who they know is lying to them. You need to figure out a way how to kind of block them out. And I know people people think, well, he's the president, blah, 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 blah. You know what this is. And so nobody paid attention um, when President Obama, you know, if he would give a, a great speech or whatever, People would say, oh, he gave a good speech, but this dude you know is going to give a bad one, but they still torture themselves over it. So I'm just not really impressed with any of this stuff. Jay, I got uh, a question. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, where was the guy that uh, in President Obama's speech, where, where, where's that guy that said, you lie? Why didn't somebody stand up and say that during that speech? <laughs> because we have yeah, more class. Well, you know what? You didn't. Ha- you, you didn't have. They didn't have to stand up and say anything because one of the things that I thought was just classic during the State of the Union when he made a comment about something black, they showed the the black. Car- oh man, I tell you what, that was. Oh, uh, it was. Listen, 
folks, if you didn't see the State of the Union, just watching their reactions was worth it. Oh, my God. I was falling out of my chair laughing. Like, really, dude? Go ahead, Drew. It sounded like you wanted to say something. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a – I said they would have been yelling, you lied for the whole speech. See, that was the point, right? <laughs> <laughs> All of the people should have stood up and said, you lied. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? Like, even the – there's a picture of some of the, uh, and I don't know who the, who these folks were specifically, but some black mm-hmm. congresswomen there, uh, it was like three of them, it's a picture of them, and they were playing games on their phone. One was playing like Candy Crush. Yeah. And it was hilarious <laughs> to me. Like, I'm like, yeah. If, if I had to go, I still wouldn't be listening. And that was perfect. Wow. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they should have been doing. Right. I agree. Now, let's go yeah. back to the Democratic response, and this is the reason why I say Democrats, man, we have to get our game together. So there were five different responses to this one speech, and the one that was highly publicized was uh, the uh, great-grandson of uh, Joe Kennedy, the grandson of Robert Kennedy. Uh, his name is Joe Kennedy III. He gave, I thought, a pretty uh, compassionate uh, rebuttal, but, uh, you know, obviously people are talking about the uh, – the lip balm he had on, which I, I don't know how you miss your lips like that. I mean, he had it all on. I mean, it was crazy. I'm like, dude, really? I mean, every year there's something with this response. And this dude, like, missed his face. He looked like freaking, I don't know. But at the end of the day, let me get y'all responses. Because now people are saying, oh, my God, this guy channeled his inner Obama. You know, I read one tweet that said this this guy looked like uh, – it's a Conan Bryan look-alike, sounding like President Obama. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mr. Elias, on his response? you think he did a, a decent enough job? Was it something that if you were a middle-of-the-road type of voter that would be more – you would be more compelled to start listening to the Democratic uh, uh, message platform? What did it do for you? Well, you know, some man, um, to me – it was okay. That's all I can say right now. It was just, it was just okay, you know. Because right. if you're appealing to if you're appealing to the the voters that you're not getting, you need to appeal to them. And that's the black voters. Yeah. People don't understand that 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 they're not they're not appealing to black folks anymore. They're they're not. They're, what they're doing is they're going all around us because they think they got us. You need and if you pay attention in any other election, like in Virginia and um, Alabama. You need to appeal to us and come on and get get that vote. Uh, but see, if they don't get out. But wait a minute now, people. But, but, but wait a minute, Mr. Elias. People criticize Hillary Clinton for going after the black vote. And you had people like Joe Biden say, you know what? We didn't go after the middle, the Irish, you know, uh, white American. We we forgot those guys. We can't have it both Did she ways. go after the black vote? We did or we didn't. Did she go after the black well, vote? People, she, she was criticized she for that. They were saying she was concentrating too much on, on that vote. She wasn't no, paying attention no, to middle white America. No, no, no. Uh-uh. no she okay. Well, that's what no. the people were saying. No. Joe Biden no. came no. on television and said we didn't go after the middle middle uh, aged white people. We forgot about them. People in the Rust Belt. That's why she lost right. because we didn't go after those votes. They, they always claim that, right? They always claim that you don't go after white folks in Appalachia and a poor working class. White folks, yeah, because that's what white right. supremacy is, right? And so Joe Biden was wrong for Oops. that. Just like Howard Dean is wrong yeah. for that. Every, anytime you get a Democrat, they always focus on the people who they don't get, right? So the Democrats will overlook black folks or any other constituency that put Obama there and start chasing people who didn't vote for Obama. 
that's why they lost. They didn't lose for any other reason. So they didn't put any time. If they would have went after all the people who voted for Obama, then they would have won. Instead, they were chasing core um, disenfranchised suburban white folks because they are white folks. That's what white supremacy is. They don't think anything outside of the fact that, and, and the Democratic Party is horrible about this, right? So right. when it's like looking at TV now and, and watching nothing but white females on thinking that diversity, and then looking at every other commercial, and you'll see black women and non-black husbands and biracial kids thinking that they're getting all black people, and you won't see any black males out there. Like, I don't know what that trend is, and I don't know what this means in the big picture, but I just watch it in observation. And I can tell you, people overlook black people as a block because they think that we so much want to be European that if they just keep on the trend of pacifying us and they're just using light-skinned black folks, that black people automatically are going to come. The Democrats <laughs> need to learn that lesson. Oh, wow. No, no, they need to Man, you are a smart I, I'm laughing, Jerome, because you are a smart devil, man, because I it's it's amazing. You know what? We we may, you know, joust on this show, but you and I are so much alike, more than you ever know, Jerome. You and I I was thinking the exact same thing watching these trends of commercials, and maybe we should talk about this one Sunday. But these trends of commercials where you see in the biracial family and, and you had the did you say we shouldn't or we should? No, we should. I mean, the only time you see um, uh, yeah. black males is if they're gay on TV. There's some, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. Some... I mean, good God, this guy, man, wow, outstanding. I was thinking the same thing. I, I was thinking well, the exact same thing. So, 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 Jerome, we're connected, man. Just don't fight it. Come on in, Kathleen. Let's take us home <laughs> on, this, on this segment. Well, I, I'm for a minute here. Um, First of yeah. all, when you say that Hillary, Hillary Clinton went did did go after the black vote or Joe Biden, Hillary, whatever, if you recall, when she first started yeah. her campaign, she wanted no parts of President Obama at all. Exactly. So he wasn't for her in the beginning. So she was not. She felt like she or either she felt like she had us in the bag, or she just didn't want to be too affiliated with President Obama not recognizing that it was the black vote that helped him get into office, right? The grassroots efforts that he put in. So she ignored all of those people that were that were crazy Obamified, because we all were, and mm-hmm. said, I'll do this on my own. Well, guess what? If you could do this on your own, you would have won running after President Obama. You would have had us then. So what are you talking about? So no. She, they did not go after the black vote. They did what they always do. Ignore it, and the black people will come, because surely they won't go after the Republicans. So that we have in the back. That's yep. one. Well, I know that so, in, in the very beginning. We, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, because we have to close the set out. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kathleen. Two, you all are talking now about the biracial commercials, and I do agree, and I have noticed that. But I do notice also that I didn't hear a lot of black men talking about the biracial commercials when it was all black men with white women. I just want to say that that's a trend for a long time before they started black women with white men. That didn't happen for forever. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just noticing a point because we had to watch for forever. They black women in those commercials. It was black men, white women. 
in commercials and everything else, and now they put. You sure no, you just wasn't watching like NFL no, like NFL shows? Because <laughs> the white those NFL players got all have white wives. I don't remember that, but okay, Kathleen, I remember. Is that is that because we definitely have to move on, guys? So why don't we table the rest of this, Jerome? It sounds like you want to get one last final thought, then we have to stop. Yeah, I, Go ahead, Jerome, get your final so thought I, in because we have to move on. Uh, of course, I, you know I was very conscious of that. I I remember that as, as well, Kathleen. But at the same time, uh, all I'm saying is that the trend of emasculating black guys at the same time that you, we know just society-wise that black women is the highest population out of any group in college and educated and all this other stuff. And I am saying to you that, yes, this, this has happened where they've used black men and, and, and non-black women and white and black women and non-black men. But the trend now is solely on black women. And that is leading to the point of who we're all marketing to. So when we start talking about politics and all these, you know, this Me Too movement and all that stuff going on, they're still excluding black women. At the same time, they're expecting black women to say, hey, y'all need to lobby with us. So we always get co-opted inside of, of European issues, and it's still marginalized black people. And I was just making a point of the trend of not having any black men around. Like, if even if it was, even if, I remember the Cheerio commercial and all that other stuff, but if, if, if I saw black men, like, virus commercials with black men as well, if that was equal, then I would have a, a different thought. But I am saying to you strategically, that is problematic to me. Now, maybe I did ignore it to some degree, but this is problematic, and it kind of goes along with the fact that black folks' uh, issues are not looked at separately when it comes to integrating um, European issues in politics. So we get ignored across the board, and co-opting black women got to be a good goal of theirs because black women are coming out to vote, and they're, tu- they're turning out to be factors in voting, where mm-hmm. if demonizing black men and black men whatever for whatever reason numbers are lower or if they're lower in voting then you don't you can exclude black men and you could take black men for granted black women are the women are the people who are going to turn out if you appeal to them you have to lobby black right. women yeah so absolutely that's, that's absolutely comparison that i was making Okay, yeah, all right. I, we I have to go. That. All right, listen. Speech, we, we have to go, Kathleen. We have, we have to say We have to go. All right, listen. Uh, sorry, Kathleen. You definitely have to go. All right, speaking of black that, women, yeah. uh, you know, uh, here, uh, this morning's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, uh, speaking of an African-American woman, we're going to talk about Monique. At least we're not going to talk about it. We're going to eavesdrop on a conversation uh, by the ladies uh, from The View talking about Monique. And Monique is asking people to boycott Netflix. Here's this morning's edition of In Four Minutes or Less. We'll be right back. We'll be right back, excuse me, after this. So Oscar winner Monique has a big problem with Netflix right now. She took to Instagram to tell people why take a look. I am asking that you stand with me and boycott Netflix for gender bias and color bias. I was offered a $500,000 deal last week to do a comedy. So 
something special. However, Amy Schumer was offered $11 million, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle $20 million. Then Amy Schumer went back and renegotiated $2 more million because she said, I shouldn't get what the men are getting, they're legends, however, I should get more, and Netflix agreed. Why shouldn't I get what the legends are getting? Please stand with me in this boycott of Netflix. I love us for real. So she says... You know, Netflix offered her a half a mil, uh, and uh, apparently they told her, well, we believe that's what Monique will bring. And she said, what about my resume? And they reportedly said, we don't go off on resumes. So she asked them why Amy would get the money that she got. Uh, and she cited that, uh, was cited that she had two sold-out shows at Madison Square Garden and a hit summer movie. Now, Wanda Sykes... Uh, told Monique, Netflix offered me less than half of your 500. I was offended, but found another home. Uh, hashtag epic. Uh, I'm not clear. Is she claiming sexism or racism? First, she says Chris is getting more money. So, so what's her case? Well, women of color traditionally do make the least amount of money. White men make the most, then so white women, white then women. black men, oh. and then women of color. I mean, we, we traditionally lose over a million dollars during the, the case. I mean, Chris Rock that. has a bigger following, though, isn't it? It's all about yeah. eyeballs watching, isn't it? Watching the best any of problem across, the, across all industries. You know, it's been well documented that women of color make less money, and the bottom line is it's not fair. Well, it happens all the time, you know, yeah. it happens all the time. But you know what? Then you got to find yourself someplace else if you're not going to be there. You got to find, you know, look, the bitch of all of this is that <laughs> if you're a woman of color, sometimes you have to work 10 times harder. You do because you have you. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I was going to try to make a BS excuse, and I don't. I can't. I don't know why it is. I just know that it is, and I find it, you know, with so many in so many places, and it's not just in entertainment. It seems to be everywhere. The question I had was if Tiffany Haddish were offered a Netflix deal because she's, I think, the number one black female comedian in the country right now. What would she be offered? Would she make more than Amy Schumer? That's a good question. That's the question I have for Netflix. Which, by the way, I would like to see that special if Netflix is interested in giving her that. And paying her properly. I want to see it. Find out. Let's see if we can find out from folks. So, Netflix, we have a challenge for you. We want you to put Tiffany Haddish and give her her own special, and we want you to pay her like you pay yep. the big guy. Um, actually, a spokesperson for the company told ABC Netflix does not comment on contract negotiations, so no. Netflix has been silent no, about they don't, No, oh they're not, what are they going to say? Nothing they say is going to help, except... Hey, we'll bring you up to where that, we that think was, you should be. That was yeah. another conversation that we should have. I know we're out of time, but should people know what everybody else is making? Yes. Sunny and I will say yes. Yes. We, yes. We've bonded that way, that. Yeah. Women need to tell each other how much we get paid. Mm-hmm. That way we have that collective uh, leverage, and they can't pay one of us more than they're paying the other. Well, we'll in some right. places, we're going to our weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. Age. <laughs> we'll be... <laughs> Radio. 
It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends. Some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. Welcome back here, 347 is our calling number. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio, and it's best to Billy Esky open mics. All right, uh, before the break, we were talking about Donald Trump's State of the Union address. Um, and so I know people had some things they wanted to say towards the end there. And uh, let me give, uh, I think Kathleen had something she wanted to say. I wanted to go ahead and get that out the way real quick before we get into our next topic. Go ahead, Kathleen. You want to finish the thoughts you have from the first segment? Oh, yeah, thanks so much. And actually they went into it a little bit on The View, so it's perfect timing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I just wanted to mention was that, of course, we know we have an issue with um, – uh, black women being marginalized, paid less, um, you know, problems with relationships, so many black women single, um, not able to find partners, and so on and so forth. So that is manipulated as it has always been by white populations since the days of slavery. From, you know, look, and then the, the issue with black women having to look at whether or not they're going to be. Um, looking at their feminism and the problems that they have because they are women and then the problems they have because they are black women. And so that is always a conversation that I think is an important one to have when you're looking at things like this, partnering black women with white men, and then looking at that and saying that it's pulling black men, you know, pushing black men to the side. Because what happens first? is that black women are pushed out. So before black women were on TV at all, it was black men. Before black women were um, paid well at all, it was black men, right? And it's still that it's the higher paid is going, the higher paid will be a black man over a black woman. So it's a conversation that is still, that, that we've been having since the civil rights era. We have to continue to have it because at the end of the day, the important thing for the white community is to separate us, and that's what they want to try. So if we want to keep looking at it like this, that one partner is, partner, is, is um, partnering with the white community to eliminate the other or demean the other or whatever, it's the same Willie Lynch conversation that separate us and they win. Yeah. I'm All right. Sounds good. All right. Listen. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before we do it, I think this is an outstanding topic, and what I want to do, because all this great conversation should be a part of that conversation when we have it. Why don't we schedule some time? Because I want to promote it. Why don't we talk about that next Sunday, and we can have a detailed conversation. We can dedicate the whole show to it if you want. We could do two segments, whatever you guys want to do. I think it's an important conversation to have. But I want people to know that we're having that conversation, so I want it to be a part of the topic, a part of the show, Mark in the whole nine yards. So what I'm going to ask us to do is, that's a great uh, point, Jerome, it sounded like you wanted to do a rebuttal. I want to kind of table it, but if you're going to give me a rebuttal in 30 seconds or less, sir, uh, the floor is yours, but I definitely want to move on. But I want this conversation, it's great. You said some things, Kathleen, that I think we definitely need to have a more in-depth conversation about, but maybe on its own separate platform versus today. Jerome, you, you want to go ahead and close out what you wanted to say? Just really quickly, I, I just want to say that 
that that is never my intention to have a conversation whether black men or black women should be on TV or not. That is never my conversation. So I I understand her her point, but for 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 what I said, it is never or this or that with me. So I don't go against black folks like that. It's just not my thing. And I just wanted to be really clear on I am talking about the imaging when it comes to separating us from an imaging standpoint, not that I prefer to see black men on TV. It is not that. I'm not saying either one, like that we're not putting one against the other. From from the statements that I made, that is never my intention. But I understand her point, and she makes a really good point, because somebody needs to be lobbying on behalf of black women when it really comes down to overall image um, stuff, like when it comes to television. I'll type. I'll I'll let that go. I mean, it's, I just wanted to make sure that I was clear that there was never a preference for me. I I just wonder what the okay. images were doing to us when it really comes down to who's lobbying to us and what is the message by shooting those type of commercials in particular, and how is that playing off on the rest of us in our in the children actually. Okay. All right. All right, we'll definitely have that conversation next week. I think it's an outstanding topic, and uh, I can see us, you know, Mr. Elias, maybe we should do two segments on it next week. What do you think? I agree wholeheartedly. All right, let's do it. All right, let's spend the last 15 minutes of this segment talking about uh, the memo. It was released this past week. Uh, you know, as a former military service member, a person who held a top secret security clearance, uh, I think that the memo, first of all, let's talk about the effects. Of the, of the memo because I thought you know I, you know I think that the uh, uh, the GOP Mr. Elias thought that it was going to have this you know all my this is going to be this watershed moment bottom line is now we can see that they're trying to come get me and when this thing was released people were like oh ho hum oh well and so even though all the you know intelligent agencies were saying this is a breach on national security you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, the bottom line is they released it anyway. So what does it say about this guy? Because the FBI, the final day before this thing was released, they went up to the Justice Department. They went to the President of the United States and begged him not to release this. And he said, "The hell with you guys. Pound sand, kick rocks. I'm releasing it anyway. And the effect is not what he thought it was going to be. But the fact that he said, the hell with you, to the all the national agencies who said, man, you can't do this. This is jeopardizing people in foreign countries who are undercover. Man, what, is, what does it say about this guy, Mr. Elias? What does it say about well, this man who is the 45th president of the United States? Oh, my well, goodness. What I want to know is where are all the patriots at? Where are, where are all oh, the patriots? You know, the ones that were taking a knee when Colin, Colin Kaepernick, well, you know, we're talking about when Colin, Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Where are all the patriots at? Because he's talking about... F- the FBI. He's talking about your, your your policing force, the ones he was supposed to stand behind. How they're doing him wrong. Where are all the patriots at? When when you know damn well that Russia colluded with this cat. When you know it, why are you turning a blind eye to it? I don't why? get that, man. I don't, I don't understand it. it. I never will. And he knew damn well he wasn't supposed to release this crap. Because Devin Nunez should have his ass 
out. Oh, look, that, that guy should go. be in jail, man. He he should he be in jail go. for treason. This yes. guy is he is so pathetic as a as a U.S. Congressperson. I mean, the audacity of the fact that this guy was a part of the Trump transition team, Jerome, and he takes the memo. And first of all, the memo he took, he changed it. So the Democrats yep. were saying, well, wait a minute, this is not the, the memo that, that wait, he changed it and didn't even allow them to see it. This, man, I cannot believe the circus that we are existing in right now. This is unbelievable, Jerome. That guy should be in jail. He should be yeah, walking you know, I, out the Capitol in handcuffs. I am, um, I'm thinking that the Mueller investigation, you know, you can arrest, oh, you can arrest a congressman for collusion. And you know he was on oh. his transition team. So whatever was going on, I wonder if he had something that he's trying to cover up. And if they've already found out that Nunes had something to cover up because he was a part of the transition team, you might see him get walked out in cuffs. That could be interesting to watch, but I think he's going to get arrested. Now, you talk about the, the question of if you can arrest a sitting president, you can dang sure arrest a congressman. They can bring Congress charges against them very easily. So I'm thinking that that's going to happen. I, I, I am. Mr. Elias, this is just breathtaking, what's going on right now. I, I mean, the blatant disrespect for the law, the fact that, and this mm-hmm. is the, the reason why I called, you know, uh, the Speaker of the House uh, 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 a weasel. He's a spineless weasel for them to continue. When Benghazi was going on, oh, my God, Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. Oh, Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. This guy, listen to this. This guy's presidency is so jacked up. The fact that the guy paid a freaking porn star $125,000, it's not even moving the meter. No one's even talking about it. No, it's not a scandal. It's not even a scandal. It's not. What the hell is so going other, on? Because there's so much other crap going on around him. And that's oh what's going God. on. This, you know, this is head scratching, mind blowing. This there are there are no words to describe what's going on with this. These Republicans, for them. The way they were coming after President Obama, oh, he should be arrested on treason because of this. They're still trying to, to get this guy. Now, what they're doing right now is they're showing uh, on AM Joy, if, you, if you're watching MSNBC, they're talking about, they're showing talking points where President Obama and Donald Trump said the same exact thing. And they're showing Speaker Ryan standing up and clapping when Donald Trump said it, but remaining seated when President Obama said it. Uh, these, you know, man, right. I, I, t- I never wish ill will on people, but these guys are starting to stray into what we call my Rush Limbaugh zone, uh, Jerome, because I think everybody knows how I feel about that guy. If I woke <laughs> up the next day and they said he was dead, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pour a little liquor out for my homies and celebrate. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's wrong on a Sunday morning, but that's how much disdain that I have for him and Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity has to be... That that idiot, he's another one. That if he wasn't right. here tomorrow, I wouldn't lose a week of sleep behind him. Well, you know, it's it's a part of the bigger picture of why, um, you know, Trump is like he is, right? So he watches them, 
he idol—I don't know if he idolized them, but they are partners in crime on this. And so we are. He don't give two. Jerome, he don't give two cents about those guys because he'll turn on them in a minute. He don't care about those clowns. He will, but but they're they're a tool of his, right? They're like an outlet Uh. for him. So they're going to defend him. They're going to put out anything that he wants. Now the Democrats again don't have any network like that. And so it's interesting to me when I hear people say things like, you know, whether it's the left or the right and they both wrong or rather somebody <laughs> I hate when people say that because there is no equity in there. I hear that all the time, Jerome. Who says that? I say I hear it all the time. Yeah, I hear it. So they're both that. the same. No, they're not. No, they're no. not. They're not even comparably the same. It's like calling the FBI um Democrat leaning in the FBI. We all know as black people, FBI was never our friend. Right. We can go through documentation of them um, spying on black folks, on the Panthers, on anybody who wants equity and fairness. The FBI has a file opened up on them. It's always been hey, But don't go nowhere, Jerome. Jerome, expand on that as, because yeah, that's an excellent point you just brought up. No, no. Expand on the fact that you just what you said about the FBI because keep in mind, all the people that they're going after are Republicans. Exactly. To prove your that was, point. That, that was, that's what I was saying. Like, they're all Republicans. And so if they can make the general public believe that the Republicans wow. are against them, like they want more conservative FBI agents, hell, oh. we... Imagine what that does to us if Whoa. those conservative people and Republicans are deemed in the media to be um, Democrat-leaning or, or liberal, because they're not. That's a conservative organization. If there ever was one, it's the FBI. So technically, if, if they can gut the FBI and put in the crazies like they have in Congress now, then technically we, we will be in a police state. It will really be... Um, um, Gestapo like at the FBI Because the FBI is conservative By nature They have always been Okay but everybody that he's put in place From Comey To to, to the new uh, AG um, They all been handpicked by him They all are, 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 Comey, are, are Except Comey. for Comey been Except Comey. for Comey yeah. But you know they're all Republican They're stout Republicans I don't get this. I don't. These are your people. These are the yeah. people that you that you got. They're having a Tea Party fight inside the Republican Party again. Yeah. And and they're masking it like they wronged Hillary, so we need to get them out of there. And then at the same time, they're saying you need to investigate Hillary. So how are you wronging her and need to investigate her at the same time? So people hear what they want to hear when they when they make their argument. Again, if if I contradicted myself, then people would be calling in and writing in saying, hey, Jerome said this last week because they've done it before, or last month or last time, yep. now he's saying this. This dude says that in the same yep. speech, and people applaud. They can only hear what they want to hear. Yeah. So they get to be misled very easily because he can speak on with, with forked tongues, and then half the people who want to hear that will hear it, and then the people who want to hear the other part will hear it. But they can't hear the complete opposite, right? It's like not knowing, like, how our economy is going is that our economy is getting bad. Like, yes. it is on the downswing, right? 
So it is. even though we're saying, oh, you're still taking Obama's momentum, before those tax cuts kicked in, we've only been in that a month. Before that stuff kicks in, in the shedding of jobs like the closing of the Sam's Clubs and the Walmarts and AT&T laying off, by the time that stuff started kicking in, we are going to see this probably in April or May. But by the time it kicks in, the economy is going to take a left. And by that time, they'll already have a budget that says, oh, since the economy is doing great, let's cut all this other stuff. So by about, you know, August, September, you know, October is when it starts tanking on a fast, you know, roller coaster track close to election, then everybody's going to say they didn't see that coming. And they can't even see trends right now right, while they're in their face. This could just be a blip on the screen. So we can't be deceived by that, and we need to always pay attention to what's going on because Donald Trump is not a messenger, right? If he is saying something, you definitely need to look opposite of what that dude is saying. Hmm. That is it's interesting you said that, Jerome. the Adams is or Wednesday Adams Sanders, whatever her name is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because uh, this past week, uh, you know, Speaker of the House Ryan retweeted a tweet from a young lady who talked about surprisingly finding out that she had a dollar a dollar seventy five uh, increase due to the tax cuts, and boy, people Ooh. in the Twitter world lit him up about that. And so, oh, really? So we're talking about an extra seventy-eight dollars a year. I mean, really? You guys are talking about the one point whatever trillion the dollar tax cuts you gave businesses. These guys are so. I, I, I just don't understand how uh, an American, a person who's an American citizen, right, who believes in everything that this country is all about. Uh, I mean, most people, if they're decent, hardworking American folks, if you need something, they'll give it to you. I mean, I know a lot of conservative friends of mine who have invited people in, you know, gone out and fed the hungry and done all these different things. I mean, that should be the core of most Americans. And you're listening to these people, and it's almost as if we live in a Nazi war-torn country. Matter of fact, China this past week said that America needs to stop uh, with its pre-World uh, War One or two, whatever, it's just this whole thing about nuclear, nuclear proliferation. The bottom line is you guys don't, that's the, that's the Cold War era. You guys need to stop trying to build up your nuclear arsenal and continue on the plan of reduction. This is China saying this. <laughs> I mean, these guys are going back to like, with, you know, who does he think he is, Hitler or some damn body? You know what I per- I forgot to say too is that you have to remember if you're getting a thousand dollars more in your paycheck, that's a thousand dollars more taxable income when it yeah. comes to your taxes. So if you're getting it up front, what they're doing, they're saying, hey, we got more money in our check. But what they're not realizing is that if you pay taxes at the end of the year, you're going to have to pay up um, at a thousand dollars more taxable income. So at the end of the year, you're going to owe more money. <sighs> I don't think anybody sees that coming. So they're like, oh, at least I get $20 more. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what that's going to do to your taxable income at the end of the year. You're not getting free money. It's interesting, though. It's interesting when you look at Fox News and you have this 
deranged, crazy person like that judge, that female judge on there. She's a lunatic, too. And then you have Hannity. Uh, and then you have people like Shepard Smith, who's like, you know what, y'all are a bunch of idiots over here. I wonder why they haven't gotten rid of him. I guess that's something that we need to take a look at. Fox's numbers are starting to jump through the roof again, you know, which is not good, uh, because that means that there are more people listening to that nonsense that they're paddling. I, I just don't know, man. This is just a... Uh, we are living in turbulent times, and uh, President Obama, well, actually, the, the, the former First Lady, Michelle Obama, was on Ellen this past week, on Thursday, uh, to help celebrate Ellen's 60th birthday. And, you know, and, and Ellen asked her a question, look, we're all scared, you know, what should we do? And, and the First Lady, and you know, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, said, look, you know, America is all about hope. You know, we're going to get past this. Y'all just got to stay fast and keep, and keep the faith. We'll get past this moment. Uh, this is there's not a moment too big. But I tell you what, man, sh- this guy is putting the Constitution, our standing in the world, it's in peril. And for people who don't see this, man, I, I just don't know what to say about you. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, all right, guys. It's a lot uh, of third and final set. Yeah, I know, man. Third and final set is coming up. We'll be right back after this. Wow. Up next on the serious side. I'm very proud of African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. I don't even need to fact check that guy. I, I just need to look at their faces to know well, he's lying. Well, rise, he's, he's not rise. lying about him being responsible for it. Well, we will be right back with the third and final set here on the serious side.
something I'm very proud of. African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. I don't even need to fact check that guy. I, I just need to look at their faces to know well, he's lying. Well, rise, Malek he's, he's not rise. lying about him being responsible for it. Well, I think what I think I think what he's lying about is that he's proud about it. Or maybe or maybe they're what they're really the issue is, is that. He has no reason to be proud about it because it has nothing to do with anything he's done. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. Listen to the Serious Out of the J. Rob Show. We have every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. It is best to say good morning to our crew. First up, let's say good morning to the... Uh, man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this fine morning? Doing outstanding. Super Sunday, brother. Can't wait. My main man, the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree's in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm well. Good morning. Absolutely. Mr. L.E.S., man, can we say hello to some people that's hanging out in the chat and on the phone lines? We got Covina Man with us. We got St. Clint with us. And we also, on the hey. phone line, we got our very lovely Momo B, the very lovely Vanessa, and the very lovely hey, Rich Mo. Sister on the line with us, on the telephone line. Vanessa May Belly for the Macanelli. What's going on? And, of course, Jackie checked in with us during the first set. Max in the house. What's up, Mac? How you doing, brother? Uh, Kathy is here as well. Steve, John. Uh, hey, the pastor's checking in. Pastor, what's up? Uh, Rebecca. Oh, God, who is this? Reby. Hey, Devonair, back in the house. Devonair is from, uh, I think, Tennessee. Yeah, Memphis, Tennessee. What's up, Devonair? And a whole host of other folks. I, mean, I can't get them all in. Miss Terry's checked in with us earlier this morning. Uh, here's another Terry. Just a lot of people in the house. 347 All right, coming up next. Uh, it's a Chatterbox where we read comments from the world-famous chat room. We'll get a couple in. Uh, and I'll also read a very heartfelt our note from Dr. Princess Odilia to the audience. I'll read that for you as well. Johnny D., our resident uh, texter, he's not here this morning. His daughter is being uh, baptized, so congratulations to him and his family for this uh for, for that happening, so we're glad to see uh, that uh, you know everybody's trying to stay spiritually connected, which is a beautiful thing. All right, listen, uh, Donald Trump talked about. Oh, I'm sorry, and on a need to know basis is coming up with our main man Jerome Spree. Can't miss that. That's must see or must hear radio. All oh, that's coming up in about 20 minutes or so. So keep it locked. Don't go anywhere. And I'm pretty sure that. Uh, we will uh, satisfy that need for knowledge as we continue to have these conversations on the serious side. Once again, it is Super Sunday, so I hope you guys are being safe and responsible. If you're going to celebrate the Super Bowl, don't drink and drive. Obviously, that's just something that you shouldn't do. Um, I tell you what, the NFL is in a tough place right now. Maybe we'll talk about it somewhere down the line. You know, they did a poll, 49% of parents are saying, hey, we don't want our kids playing football. That's not good for the future of the league. So I know that my interest in the league has gone down because of who we have in the White House. I just don't stay on top of it like I used to, but I've digressed. All right, let's talk about the fact that this man is bragging about African-American unemployment. You know, once again, this is a trend that we've 
that we noticed, Mr. Elias, that was trending down uh, during the Obama administration. But a lot of friends that we know, folks who have radio shows, they have they have just been just merciless against President Obama, saying he hasn't done enough for African Americans. So, what's your thoughts on the unemployment numbers? But the bigger picture, when you hear these, you know, black folks that say that you know the president didn't do anything for his people, that he, you know, he just continued to cater to the white folks while he was in office. Your thoughts? Well, the bottom line is, are we talking about the employment for blacks right now or then? Because the bottom line is this, you know, the the numbers that are that the, that are there now, we can we can attribute that to President Obama. You know, yeah, let's, but let's they're still with our white counterparts. So who's yeah, that? Yes, they are. That, but you can attribute that to President Obama. Let's let's call it what it is. He. You know his his you know this this clown has not put anything in place, not one one thing in place, except for a lot of laws he's signed into place to hurt the common workers, you know. So we can we but can all attribute that for black But here's my question for the the bigger picture for black unemployment. And either one of you guys can take this. It's still double, uh, almost triple of our white counterparts, right? And so when I look at that number, I know that suppression has a lot to do with it. But, I mean, if we had to put our finger on something, what what, what could we blame? Because one of the things that I, I read a lot of uh, information, and people talk about jobs being scarce in America. Well, there are like over a million jobs out there. But there are, they are in sectors that we just don't have qualified people to work in. And so it's like how do we reverse this trend? Uh, Jerome, when you look at our number, our black unemployment number is, I mean, if you had to break that down, what would be the reasons for that number still being, you know, twice as high as our white counterparts? Because black people, in a fairness kind of way, are not hired at the rate of white folks. That's what we can attribute it to. I mean, there was a, there was a combination of things, right? So, you know, once right. the government stopped shedding, started shedding jobs and, you know, uh, the balance for black people, when we were at, you know, pretty high—not peak unemployment, but high, um, un, um, high, high employment—government jobs and government contracts were available to black folks. That's the only place that black people usually get equity and fairness. In the private sector, black people don't. So, when it came to looking at numbers and trends and why black people uh, numbers are higher than white folks is because there's a preference if your human resources department does not look like you, it normally does not have equity in hiring you. So it's not merely a, a situation of there's just more white folks in the country, so you know they hire more white folks. No, there is in bigger cities especially where there's a high concentration of black folks, that people go out of their way to hire white folks. And so we need to go back and look at why those numbers, well, we don't need to go back and look at them. We know why they are, why it is. It's because government started shedding jobs when they were trying to starve government, um, even during the um, 90s, um, when they were cutting the post office and cutting all these federal jobs. That adversely impact black folks when you start talking about a8 programs and all of those programs for those of us who are in business that you get contracts with government or contracts with um, 
any entity that gets federal funds, when you start cutting those programs, black businesses start to fail, and they don't have as much money because you're not getting the contracts in a fair bidding way that we have in the past. So that stuff started getting cut and stuff doing, um, doing Clinton. You know, Gingrich and those guys in Congress was part of the compromises that he made. And then even going up through George W. Bush and then Obama, you know, Congress wasn't funding anything. We have still have not had a clean federal budget in three, three years now, right? So when the budget is not funded, then the money does not filter down. So when we don't do infrastructure, for example, and they, you're not putting money towards infrastructure, and then you don't have the federal contracts that says that there has to be equity in hiring X amount of minorities or whatever, it's like cutting affirmative action. They don't hire black people because they think that there's some fairness in it. They hire black people only up to the minimum of getting their contracts. So black unemployment always hinders on the fact that when government does not require fairness, um, these companies, these private companies don't go, now I wouldn't even say out of their way, they don't even go to look for anybody for diversity because you just hire friends and family. That's who knows first, and so that's who they feel comfortable with, and they hire whoever's comfortable to them. So it, it's it's one of well, those you know um, one of those issues. Uh, well, but those numbers are I mean they're they're, they're frightening, and, and you know so the bottom line is you're saying that uh, and you're right about the HR situation. There's no doubt about that because I know when I was an HR director, I went out of my way to try to make sure that because I was in a position like that, that I wanted to make sure that our people got a fair shake. And I went out of yeah. my way. I really and truly did to try to make sure that our guys got first cracks at jobs because, you know, was that prob- was that the right way to do that? Probably not. But you yes, know what? You have to play ball, Mastelias, within the system that you exist, right? I mean, so you right, your own. So when you think about it, you know, hey, for so many years, our folks have begun the short, short end of the stick. So if I'm in a position, and maybe that's what the people were saying about President Obama, that, hey, you know what, now you're at a position that probably, you know, we can sit here and say that obviously this is the first time we had an African-American president, but wait a minute, we may not ever get one, so, you know, you need to do what you need to do while you're there to ensure everything is good. But let me ask you this when we talk about that. When we look at the fact that you have so many African-Americans, people who are our colleagues, talking about they voted for Trump and all this other nonsense, when you look at what President Obama did, President Obama tried to make sure that he was the president of all people because he knew that if he had gone in there, and maybe this is his forward thinking, and I don't know how you feel about this, Jerome, but I'd be curious to hear your response to this. Maybe he said, look, I'm not going to come in here and do what everybody expects me to do, Mr. Elias. I'm not going to come in here and just change everything for black folks. Because if I do something like that, I damn near can guarantee that there would never be another person who would look who looks like me would ever occupy this office again. So I'm going to do little things, uh, you know, in the background. I'm going to continue to try to make sure that I'm the president for all the people and don't make it obvious that I'm really trending for our folks. So he didn't do what I was doing because what I was doing was, hey, I'm trending for my people. Period. And, you know, look, if I get a couple of white folks in there, that's great. But the bottom line is I'm looking African-American first. He didn't do that. So was he right by, you know, by taking that approach, uh, fellas, 
uh, because he knew that if he came in and was like, hey, I'm the black president, that he would nev- we would never see another black president. Anyone of you guys can take that one. Mm. Wow. You, you uh, put it out there. Well, you know something, man? Um, if you think about it, maybe. But I put it like this. When Jackie Robinson stepped on the, on the, on the field, and he was the first, he had, to, he had to play ball the way they told him to play ball. And now, but still, white folks are, are, are man, they're, they're so, I, if you look at it, now white folks are so against black folks, it's unreal. And they act like they Jackie don't. Jackie Robinson, he criticized Muhammad Ali, saying he that, did. hey, what, what are you doing? You can't be out here talking like this. Because Muhammad Ali didn't right? care. Because he was afraid. Huh? He was afraid he maybe like because you're talking like this, there's not going to be any more integration at other sports. And Muhammad Ali was like, you know what, I'm going to do, you do you, you do, I'm going to do me. Yeah. But Muhammad Ali didn't care. But, you know, the bottom line is no matter what President Obama did or how he did it, he, you know, he was going to be criticized by, 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 by some white folks. White folks are going to criticize you well, no matter how good you are. No yeah, matter what, you could be the best guy. You could be the best. You could, you could save a white person's life. They'd be like, I don't want to be saved by you, man. That's just how they are. Some of them are like that. But let's not yeah, get ridiculous because, not. you know, white folks is, is the reason why he got in office, too, now. This, he, he couldn't have gotten there on, on the black vote alone. So, right. I mean, Wait I don't want to sit here and, and demonize well, here, that. Here's what I want to say to that. And he wouldn't have been able to get in office through that primary without black folks. So we're constituents too. You, you can't do that oh, where no. the Tea Party people, which is a small part of the Republican Party, gets all of the credit. Right. So then they have this conservative agenda. But black people are never considered uh, uh, um, uh, uh, an interest group. He needed to do right by the interest group that served him. So you know, I, I um, absolutely. You know, and, and let me say this about the Jackie Robinson Muhammad Ali thing too. Is, while I'm at it, is that. Jackie Robinson was in the military, so military people, as you know, Jay, I'm not, I'm not in the military, so right. I'm not to say this. But yeah, that, that's a fact, Jack. Have a different <laughs> by some of the things you said on this show, you're right about that, buddy. <laughs> they have a different sense of um, of patriotism or loyalty, whereas um, people thinking about their freedom and leadership are thinking about everybody opposed to the individual. So Jackie Robinson is saying, as an individual, you should not, um, you should not be boycotting. You should go into the military. It's all of us together. Whereas as a leader, you're saying, listen, until you free all of our people, we ain't not fighting for you. Those are two different agendas. And I don't, again, just like the black male, black women stuff, I don't think that um, as black folks that we should be fighting amongst ourselves towards interests like that. Because, you know, when, what happens is both are right, right? So when you talk about things from a leadership perspective, leaders have to look at bigger pictures where individuals who are doing, you know, working on an assembly line, they need to feed their family. So sometimes that is a decision for an individual to say, look, I can't boycott because my kids are starving. And we need to understand that as black people and say, look, I, I hear you. We're, we got this. Like, we are by whole going to boycott. If you can't afford to do that, don't starve your family. We need to be a little bit more understanding about that. That's why with President Obama, that 
no, he did not go out to give us any kind of equity because black people needed to have somebody lobbying on behalf of black folks, and he felt compelled. I don't know if this, he didn't, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think that he believed in his own beliefs are that he wanted everybody to live in harmony. And he doesn't realize, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that as far as Martin Luther King was concerned, that is a strategy. That ain't a way of life, right? So equity is a strategy that says that, hey, we're going to be bigger than you. We're going to show love. Love is stronger than hate. We're going to, you know, anything brought to the, anything in the darkness is going to be brought out to the light. So we're going to always flash a light on something so we know what's going on. No matter how much we shine a light on on um, Trump and his hookers and all of that other stuff, don't nobody even care, which is sick, right? Because we keep shining a light on stuff, but it's not changing core. So to change course, you need to make corrective measures, opposed to us saying we need to keep talking about it and shining a light on Trump. What we need to do is not participate in things that gives him strength anymore. So we need to make corrective measures. President Obama did not do that because he thought that he set the the country on a path that people were so used to having equity down, saying, hey, look at his family, look at his stature, look at this. Now we know that all black people are not this. He thought probably that that would hold and it would sustain itself. What he did, what nobody anticipate is that we're going to have a white supremacist um, executive branch Ruled in in in, um, in a in a white supremacist Congress <laughs> that is actually um, changing the climate of how we see minorities or or women or um, you know anybody of color in this world. We didn't know that that was possible. So I think that President Obama didn't think that it was possible. So he stayed neutral. And what I always tell people generally, as especially black folks, is that there's no such thing as neutral. You have to make corrective measures. If your car starts sliding left, you need to turn hard right. Because if you don't make a corrective measure, you're just going to slide off the road. You don't say, well, let me just keep my turn the wheel straight and just put my foot on the gas and it'll correct itself. It does not. You have to do something to put it back on the road. That's interesting. Uh, that's very interesting how you broke that down. You know, uh, but but you're right about about the whole thing with President Obama. And I think you know, once again, it goes back to almost you know when we talk about how in some cases you see Democrats vote for a certain bill where you know they they are going against the party, but with the part the party has made the decision that hey, wait a minute, you're in a purple area, you are in a red area. We want to keep that seat, so we're going to let you you know take a pass on this. For the greater good, so it's 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 almost along those lines, right? It's like okay, we're gonna let you guys walk a little bit on this one because we need that seat in the future, so we'll we'll, we'll pass on it. So I, I definitely and truly understand it. I, I get it, man. All right, guys, good conversation this morning. Uh, let's get some uh, final thoughts about what we heard. You first, Jerome. Well, you know, like I said, if um, I, just to go back a little bit on on the. Um, uh, on the concept of like the Nunes memo, that kind of thing. I just want to say this: if we keep accepting lies as gospel, 
then we will be no farther ahead than we are today. Matter of fact, we'll just keep going backwards. And so when it comes to politics, um, don't watch it so closely when you know that somebody is lying to you because you have to give it room to um, you have to give it room to actually kind of come out to light. So we have to be conscious about it. And those of us who are doing news and those of us who are doing radio, we have to be diligent about not um, pacifying the fact that everybody else is getting deceived and duped. We kind of need to talk about it just to say, look over here, so that it helps you from being programmed um, in, in, in a certain way. So that's all I have to say about, uh, about that. We just have to be diligent and pay attention. That's all I'm saying. Everybody else is busy, but I take that upon myself that I will pay attention on your behalf. <laughs> ask me a question or write Jay. I shouldn't say ask me. <laughs> no, 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 don't, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I get enough of those during the week. I don't answer. All right, good stuff. Appreciate you. What about you, Mr. Elias? Man, just give us some final thoughts on what we talked about today. Well, well you know something, man. The State of the Union was a lie. <laughs> this guy, all he does is lie. You know. And I mean, come on, man. This presidency is a joke. It is a it is a true joke. And for Devin Nunes, he needs to, some. They need to they need to get him out. They need to boot his ass out because the bottom line is, he screwed it up. He he really he's. They are really messing up the country, man. So so who who's the uh, who protects us from the uh, foreign interests? They have not addressed that yet. Which is surprising to me because the elections of 2018 are coming up. Well, it shouldn't surprise me because that's how they won. But they have not addressed the issue of them hacking us. Why aren't we doing this? It's just crazy to me. Think you mentioned mentioned Rus- Russia once uh, during once. the State of the Union, right? I mean, yeah. Once. Why are we not? Why are we not addressing that? I don't get it. But you got Devin Nunes that said there's no collusion. And he will he pay he cherry picks out of a what he wants and and hands it to yeah. him and it's supposed to be a bombshell. Just just it's, it, 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 it's, it's they've lost it, man. They've He's lost it. He's an idiot. And anybody who listens to this nonsense and be a part of it, they're idiots too. It's just ridiculous that we're dealing with this nonsense in today's age. All right, all right, folks. Coming up next on the Need to Know basis with Jerome Spree and Chatterbox, you're listening to the serious side. Of the J. Ross Show. We right, we'll be right back after this. Don't go nowhere.
Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's time for Chatterbox final thoughts from the uh, world famous chat room and from social media sites that we frequent. Mr. Elias, man, what do you have this morning? Uh, there, all of them are well, Man and Saint Clinton. Uh, Saint, okay. Uh, Covina Man and said, "I did not wish to stay of the union. Just listen to those in the Black Caucus. I walked out." Rome is 100% right about those interracial black and white men commercials. I've been noticing that too. At the same time, social media has been blowing up trying to get black men to date transgender white men. Women. And he said, if you watch MSNBC, oh you will be hit by at least three or four of those commercials black women, white men. St. Clinton says that I wish that our leaders would stop voting along party lines and vote for what is truly best for the country as a whole. Well said, St. Clinton. Two of the big four, or big three in the house. All right, let me uh, let me start off with a message from Princess Odisha. Good morning, family and friends. I ask that everyone vision total healing and successful surgery for my mom, as well as peace and strength for her and my family. As I always affirm to you that vision is the most powerful effort man can make. I trust that you will join me in this collective effort for my mom, Mildred E. Hill who is a real-life angel who carries a legacy of love and service. Thank you all in advance. Sending love to you all here today. And she includes a picture of her mom and her kids. So definitely uh, uh, something that uh, we'll keep in mind. Praying for Dr. Princess O.D. and her family. We hope that her mother uh, gets through surgery uh, with success and be better than ever on the other side. All right. Have a few others to read. Have a lot of time. We're going to try to get at least two of them in here. Got to hear from the Rev this morning because that's just what we do. Uh, I say that, but my uh, board is there. It is bam. All right, here it is. So from uh, Pastor Stephen Jones, I have to say the full name. Uh, an excellent show as always, ladies and gentlemen. We all should continue to pray and be diligent in these most turbulent times, tumultuous times. I'm sorry. Uh, that's uh, good words to live by, Pastor. And here's one from a young lady by the name of Sophia G. From uh, Birmingham, Alabama I just lost it, here it is I cannot wait until next Sunday's show Commercials featuring white men With black women are more common nowadays And for what reason? Hmm, guess we'll get into that next Sunday Seems to be a topic of discussion And without any further ado You know what time it is Five, four, three, two, one The first lady dazzles on election night in a Tell me, what do you want me to do? Alright folks, it is time for my favorite part of the show On a need to know basis with our main man Jerome is free Jerome man, what is going on this morning in your world? Turn it down You know, it is uh, Black History Month right. And who has hosted service has decided to mark the occasion By giving legendary actress entertainer and activist Lena Horne her own stamp. So during the seventy year career of an American legend, um, is what the deputy postmaster said, according to the yes. press for the forever stamp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. She was born June thirtieth, nineteen seventeen, and started Oof. at a club in Harlem before she was touring. Now, if you don't know um, she has like three Grammys, one Tony, and you know she had a, signed a studio, um, signed an agreement with MTM Studios, done a lot of movies, and doing, um, I think it was World War Two, the 
one or two. I think it was World War Two. She visited troops, and she would not let them segregate the troops while she was there. She hmm. made them move black people up to the front. Hmm. That was Lena Horn. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't remember, she was a good witch in the whiz for those people who don't know who Lena you, Horn was. Man, Lena Horn was always beautiful to me. Yeah, Very boy, beautiful. Fred Sanford loved him some Lena Horn. Yeah, you know, that, I digress. The first thing that popped in my head was Fred Sanford and Lena Horn. <laughs> yep, exactly. The horn. Yep. So, yep. So, so that's how I want to kick off Black History Month. And I, I just want to remind you, I, I was watching um, something about uh, Rosa Parks. And although Rosa Parks is an iconic figure in the civil rights movement, but I think we need to start telling that story a little bit differently. For, for children, right? I know we usually take the path of least resistance by saying, you know, she sat down on the bus and she wouldn't move to the back and all of that other good stuff. But here's the truth. Claudette Calvin, in yep. September 5th, was arrested before Rosa Parks for not moving on public transportation. Rosa Parks was the recording secretary of an organization that said, we can't let... Her, uh, Claudette, I think she was 14. So yep. they wanted Rosa Parks, who was uh, older, a lighter yeah. complexion, more composed. Mm-hmm. She was already in the struggle. Wanted her to challenge the bus system. So it wasn't because Rosa Parks was tired after a hard day of work and then decided to sit down and she didn't want to move. She took action and did that. Claudette was the one who fought police to curse everybody out about not hmm. moving, and she was before Rosa Parks. So shout out to Claudette Calvin and Rosa Parks. But I don't think that it's right that hmm. she keeps telling the story like she was just some tired black woman who just didn't want really? to move. Hmm. You know, we need to own this, own this story and tell the story like it is. Yep. All right, now, in news, the world's ocean in 2017 were the hottest on record by far Uh-oh. as a result of increase of greenhouse gases is what they're saying. Continued ocean warming will uh, lead to rise in sea levels, um, stronger storms, and unstable uh, marine habitat. The researchers from um, Beijing um, Chinese Academy of Sciences said, so continued ocean warming will, will lead to rising sea levels and stronger storms. If you don't know where this is coming from, when for those people who go, oh, it's nice outside, so and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, so there's no global warming. That means yeah. you just don't know what global warming means. Exactly, because uh, they say the polar ice caps are melting at a fast yeah. pace. Yeah, yeah, at a at an alarming rate, right? Yeah. So you know, there's a. Um, controversial plan to create a chemical sunshade to halt global warming. Here we go with chemtrails again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, say that you broke up. What did you say now? Yeah. There's a controversial plan to create chemical sunshade to halt global warming. So they said (laughs) the warming may be economically, socially, and institutionally not feasible is what the the UN (laughs) uh, has a draft report. So the idea of spraying a haze uh, 
of sun-dimming chemicals above the Earth uh, as a quick way to slow global warming uh, faces obstacles because they said it may not be feasible. So right now, when you look in the sky and you see all of these, these looks like clouds, look like, um, you know, planes don't leave exhaust trails. Right. Those are trails, right? So they're thinking about spraying more chemicals in the atmosphere so that it blocks the sun so we don't warm up the fast. Wow. We're going to kill everybody on the planet because it's yeah. too hot. Yes. I mean, just stop. If, if, if they if they would stop the polluting, it yeah. would be a better place. Just stop it. it, it it's simple to me. Stop being so damn greedy. These factories yeah. can shut down. Stop being greedy. Yeah. Shut down on a Sunday like they used to. I don't understand hey. that, man. I know, and, and that report came from the U.N., which means that some countries are contemplating this, which is probably the U.S. and China and Russia, all the people who have the money to do stuff like that. They're plant because they've, we already spray chemtrails, and I forgot what the excuses are to do that, to put more minerals in the air or whatever, but it is getting sickening now that everybody yeah. is coming up with all of these new diseases and new um mosquito born ailments that we go right. we don't know where it came from. <laughs> you know. And it's our thing. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. The sports highest tribunal has overturned the Olympic doping ban of twenty eight Russian athletes and reinstated their results from two thousand and fourteen Winter Games in Sochi. Hmm. Russia, huh? Again. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, Russ is back. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wonder how that happened. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say that um, that uh, somebody hasn't been lobbying on behalf of Russia. But yeah, really? Yeah, I wonder how that happened. Yeah. I, I would wow. be interested in where the U.S. Uh, people who are on the Olympic um, Committee, I would be interested in where they voted. <laughs> just, just, just a thought. Now, um, Speaking of Russia, you know, um, dotard Trump uh, claimed Thursday on his Twitter that his uh, State of the Union was the biggest audience <laughs> ever in the history of State of the Union. <laughs> and apparently he was, look, with Internet, th- just look at it this way. Uh, according to Nielsen, you know, he measured about um, – 45 million, 45.6, right? But mm-hmm. they now use ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, Universe, and PBS, CNN, Fox Business, Fox News, MSNBC, and NBC Universal um, to do to do um, Nielsen. But Bill Clinton is number one with a 66.9 million. And back then. Mm-hmm. They only use ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN. <laughs> like, they only do four wow. networks. And it was still that much more. <laughs> oh, by the way, and his, his state of unions weren't um, close to Obama's either. So, no, he's eight million short of Obama. Yeah, yeah. He's always short of Obama, but we can go there. Tip and... <laughs> <laughs> <If> your wages. <laughs> uh, <laughs> former Trump advisor who's at the center of that GOP memo, Firestorm, 
he bragged about being an advisor to the Kremlin years before he was hired by the campaign. So Carter Perry, who worked as a foreign policy advisor to Dotard Trump's campaign, bragged that he was an informal advisor to the Kremlin um, yesterday. He is still bragging that he represented Russia, but now they're saying, hey, they unfairly went at this guy. <laughs> I, I, I explain, Jerome, I, explain that to me, man. Why are they, come on, man. Why are people not seeing this? Well, why, why? is there even a conversation about the memo and it proving that they unfairly went after Carter Page? Like, really? He is telling people. Oh yeah, yeah. This I what I do. He telling them. Then what I do? Then what I do? Look, look at me. Then what I do? Come on, man. <laughs> they, they, look, look at me. Yeah, look at me. Look at me. Ha ha ha! I talked to uh, Russia. Yeah, that's me. And they like, no. Like, oh, why they? Why they targeting him? What? Exactly. No, no, no. I, I'm saying, and, and so some of the reports may be that maybe he was a double agent. Like maybe they're not. The FBI is not going at him. Because maybe he was still collecting money, uh, collecting information for the U.S., which is possible. So they're not going to blow Carter Page out of the the water. But he's on national TV bragging that he was an advisor to the Kremlin. Wow. How could you do that without fearing? If if we got wiretaps right now saying that we had anything to do with a foreign government, we'd be in jail. Yeah. This dude is on TV. Yes. Let me tell you, you know. something. It is to tell you something about how dumb um, the um, Trump administration is. Yeah, yeah. They, all of them are. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, but it's amateur hour there. Uh-huh. Now, uh, again, speaking of Russia, the U.S. deployed an aircraft carrier, um, USS George H.W. Bush, off of the coast of Virgi- Virginia this week, where a Russian spy ship was spotted days earlier. So... <laughs> We put a supercarrier off of the coast of Virginia. It was deployed from the naval station in Norfolk on Tuesday morning, according to uh, maritime um, traffic monitors. But we have is that to put the one that they flew five feet in front of? Which is that? Is that the one that they, that they flew five feet in front of, or something like that? No, no, no. They, this is a ship. This is okay. not the. This is not wow. the um, aircraft. We we normally catch them. Um, having warplanes flying over and then flying back, but if you're going to dock a ship off of Virginia, there is something to be uh, said. Yeah. Wow. We won't, at the same time, we won't sanction Russia. They're putting they're putting ships right outside the U.S. now. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. Damn. Yep. What is now, wrong with the United States, man? Uh, I, th- I think we. Well, you know why they're that. doing that, Jerome, right? They're just trying, just in case something happens, they can get Trump on board or fly him out the country, man. You know, <laughs> chip him out the country. <laughs> like that's, that's really an escape route for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, grab all my boys, get Ryan, Nunez. We all gonna be on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, better better be a steamboat because they need to get up out of here. Now, ice. Uh, is um, now has access to the nationwide license plate recognition database that compromises billions of records. So the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency now has access to a searchable nationwide license plate 
um, recognition database. Mm. Really? Yeah. They're not supposed wow, to have that. That's a little stuff. dangerous. Yeah, they're not supposed to have that. Because ICE agents, the difference in, you know, the Immigration Customs Enforcement Agency is that they're not the police. So, technically, their law enforcement, they have to notify law enforcement locally before they come deal with any U.S. citizen or non-citizen. So, technically, you don't have to answer your door. You don't have to answer any questions from them. They can detain you till the police come, but technically they are not the police. And they're giving them police, um, they're giving them police um, privileges. Wow. Letting them look at people's license plates and searchable um, information on people. Interesting, but. It is. Here we go. Yep. Now, according to Sports Illustrated, a Sports Illustrated report, Jamal Hill is going to join undefeated uh, ESPN's um, website for coverage of uh, race, sports, and culture. So the report says that Hill asked management for the move, and ESPN, um, you know, if you don't know who Jamal Hill is, she was Mm -hmm. on Numbers Never Lie. She used to host that with Michael Smith, and his and hers. And she was also uh, on... Sports Center FC six at six o'clock six, and so Hill, who um, you know, got the backlash from tweeting that you know Trump's a white supremacist tweet. She said that she thought everybody already knew that water is wet, so she didn't understand why they fell <laughs> out when she said that he's a white supremacist. Really? I agree with that. So now she's not on ESPN. Apparently, she asked them to move her. To a different um, the uh, the undefeated um, to the ESPN's um, coverage of race, sports, and culture. She felt wow. a little freer that she can say. Now we don't know what Michael Smith is going to do if they're going to replace her with, um, or they're going to um, replace both of them. We don't know what they're going to do. They didn't mention that. Mm. And, and, you know, today the NFL announced that Terrell Owens, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, um, Brian Dawkins, Robert Brazil, Jerry Kramer, and Bobby Rethard, and Brian... Erlocker. Um, Erlocker, yes. I knew it was somebody else I was missing. Were inducted into... Uh, will be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame class of 2018. Mm. So, you know, I have a lot to say about Ray Lewis, but I'm not going to go there. You know, but really? Theo and Randy Moss, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say good up to them. They, they should yeah. be in there. Yeah. Most Ray definitely. Lewis, on the other hand, I don't. I, I have no words. Yeah. L.E.S., you want to take that one? <laughs> no, I'm good, man. Thanks anyway. Okay, cool. cool. Jay? Jay, Ray Lewis? Nothing? Jay? Nah. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, there are anti-diarrhea drugs tied to the soaring rate of death in the U.S. and in the U.K. is what health officials are warning. Are warning. It is, um, uh, now, I may get this name wrong, but it's um, lopramide, sold as um, amodium, and uh, it slows down the movement in the gut um, to make stool less watery. It uses an opioid, which induces... Uh, a high akin to Oxycontin. An wow. anti 
diarrhea drug is now one of the opioids that you got to worry about. Oh, my God. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I, so here's the thing. Once they have to rename something, they will put it in something else to still make money. Yeah. Just to get you addicted to something. Dude, I, I don't understand this place. Uh, I don't, man. They won't. They won't. Know. Man, if they find a drug to cure anything, they won't. They won't put it out there. Nope. Mm-mm. That'll make yep. money. Greed is killing this country, man. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of speaking of drugs, there was two men arrested with enough um, fentanyl to kill 18 million people. Oh Jesus! Caught in Jersey, one uh, Daniel Vasquez, 28, and um, Jesus um, Carrero. Um, uh, they they will be in prison for ten years, ten years and six years respectively, and they possess nearly one hundred pounds of fentanyl in New Jersey. Mm. Hey, wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Now, two police officers in Toronto have been suspended after they consumed allegedly consumed marijuana edibles and called for backup. So one of the men called for help after he felt like he was going to pass out, and the other one was up in the tree. You know what? Jerome, I was going to say, man, we, we have time for one more, but I, I actually think we can actually end on that one, huh? Okay, yeah, we can. Yeah. Oh, you can't eat the whole thing. People don't realize that about edibles. You cannot eat the whole thing, man. <laughs> Thank you, Jerome. Hey, anytime. Oh my God, that, was, that was good. That was a good one. That's a good one to end the show on, too. Matter of fact, we should just all leave right now. All right, folks, and on that note, <laughs> once again, folks, it is our goal and our duty to bring you the very best that we can bring you every Sunday, and I hope that uh, we accomplish that. May your uh, expectations worthwhile. It's now time for our final thoughts. To the smartest man in the world, Jerome Esprit, Mr. Jerome Esprit is on deck, sir. Final thoughts. All right, so even though I, I ended with the edible story, you know, San Francisco plans on throwing out ne- nearly 3,000 misdemeanor marijuana convictions after the state mm-hmm. voted to legalize recreational marijuana. And so California, um, they also allow people convicted of uh, marijuana t- charges to petition the court to throw them out. So even if you had them in the past, they're letting you throw them out. So if that's their only... Um, record that um, you know I just want to give a shout out to them to say that everybody should be doing that people are in jail for really minor offenses and have their record sullied for minor offenses that they're now legalizing so shout out to California for doing that but that's San Francisco in particular that's all I have to say everybody have a good week and I'll see you next week all right Mr. Elias man 60 seconds man final thoughts well, get out and vote, folks. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. You you see what's happening right now. You see the country in a disarray. If it wasn't important to vote, they wouldn't be trying to gerrymander in the districts. So get out and vote. Absolutely. My final thoughts are, Dr. Prince of the Day, I hope your mom makes it well, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Give us an update on that. And on that note, Miss Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. Folks, it's been our pleasure as always to serve you. So for my main man, Mr. Elias, for 
Dr. Princess Odilia from Mr. Jerome is free. I'm Jay Rouse and have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Stay with it. Give potential. I'm going for the Eagles. And if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless everybody. See you next week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.